Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 95th annual Geek Waves. That's not true. We've been having more Geek Wave episodes than there are episodes of the Academy Awards. Think about that for a minute. You know, isn't that crazy? Something like sem seminal in like the history of film, and I have been doing this more times than they have. That's kind of fucked if you think about it, but cool, I guess. It's the awards show, baby. That time of year, we have to talk about awards show because it's awesome. Y you know, who here is a fan of the Oscars? I know it's like, I will, we'll get into it in a little bit, actually. Just like, does it matter? What is it about? Do people like it? That kind of thing. Because I, I guess, surprisingly, there is something to be said about it. People like it or they don't. We'll get into it. But before we get into it perfectly, we do have some news to talk about, a couple of really interesting pieces to jump on into. A lot of it is stuff that both interests me and doesn't. The more I look at it, I think there's only like one thing, in two things, three things. I like one piece of news, two pieces, uh, we'll get into it, <laughs> oh man. I'm just coming off the high of Oscar night, had a great time. At the time of this recording, I have not watched The Last of Us finale. That will be released after this episode comes out because, yeah, let's take a break. You know, I did a lot of movies. Like, I was getting caught up on my movies this week, so I don't really want to jump right into another TV show to talk about because there's a lot of content out there. Surprisingly, we we don't stop doing this. The, the content train runneth over super speedily. So... Let's get into it, folks. Let's start with our first piece of news, which takes us to the realm of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because John Bernthal has been essentially confirmed to be reprising his role as Frank Castle, the Punisher in the Daredevil Born Again TV series. I like this enough. Now, I was, I guess I would say, like, the Punisher show is one of the better ones they did on that the second season I never bothered to watch because I'm like, this is all falling apart. I was really burned out when Defenders came out. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Defenders ruined me. <laughs> so I don't want to keep going back to that well. But I, I guess it works for him to come back. I mean, who else do you get? Do you ship him out in like the big old spandex suits? That'd be kind of cool. He'd be a good cosmic ghost rider, too, if they ever wanted to do that. He seems like a guy who's willing to play ball for a while. If you're like, hey, put on this spandex, and then boom, you don't have to wear it later, and then boom, now you're a flaming skull in space. He seems like he'd be up for it, but who's to say? Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. I don't really know. It's kind of cool, though. Uh, also, kind of like announced at that time, unconfirmed, though, is that Deborah and Will and Eldon Hansen will not be reprising their roles as Foggy Nelson and Karen Page. Of course, this is not, like, confirmed. Like, nobody actually said anything about it. But, okay, that's stupid and sucks. I hate that news immensely. Two great actors made for those roles that worked really well. The best Karen Page has ever been depicted, in my opinion. Not having them come back sucks immensely. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. We'll see, though. It could be fine. Also, on this news, there's been, like, I guess some, like, reports or some speculation or some spoilers or theories with Mike Coulter and Kristen Ritter. Now, I've been saying this for a long time. I am going to do an episode later on talking about Danny Rand as a character because he means the world to me. 
if you're bringing all of them back, you have to bring back Finn Jones. It is the most shitty thing to do if you don't bring him back. It looks so stupid on your part. You've had worse actors and more iconic roles. What he did in Iron Fist might not be a great depiction of him as an actor, but it's no worse than what every single person you have in your movies did in Quantumania or in Moon Knight or in any of your shitty shows. So you cannot have him not come back. That's all I want to say. Bernthal, okay. I don't care. I genuinely don't really care. If he wants to come back, fine. I'm kind of burned out with Marvel at this point, and I'm not excited for much of their properties, if any. I really think, like, this is just, like, me personally, but, like, the sticking thing for me is going to be how Thunderbolts goes, because if that movie, and it sounds bad, is as bad as it sounds, <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch any more of these. I don't. So let's get out of there. Let's move from the MCU to an even more controversial subject matter, and that is the Star Wars universe, because there was a huge thing that happened the other day. Star Wars, you know, don't you just love when they're like, movies not happening anymore? They, they say that more than they do say a movie's happening. So Patty Jenkins was supposed to do Rogue Squadron. They've confirmed, nope, not happening. Okay. What are we doing then? What are we doing then? And then they're like, well, Kevin Feige was supposed to work on one, but now he's not going to work on one. So it's like, okay, cool, I guess. What are we doing? Stupid. But there is one Star Wars movie in active development, and you have to imagine who is the genius that Star Wars could get to bring the fan base back to theaters. Not not a divisive personality at all. Not somebody who has, you know, inserted himself into every single position he can have for his movie to get the bigger paycheck and then dump on the visual effects in, you know, talking head pieces. You know, not a piece of shit like Taika Waititi. But guess what, folks? Taika Waititi's film is in active development, and it looks like he might star in the movie, too. So... I don't want to shit on Taika too much. I do think lately he's, not that he's sold out, but he just hasn't had like that oomph that he normally has. This is not a cool idea. The last thing Star Wars needs is like his type of humor because nobody, surprisingly, nobody really wants Star Wars to be a comedy. You know, it's not, it's not like the MCU. And I know that's such like a dick thing to say, but it's not. Star Wars, if you're going to have one thing be serious, why not have it be Star Wars? You know, you've seen that Andor was successful. The Mandalorian is very successful. They're cute moments in both of those shows, but they're not making jokes constantly, you know? I don't know. Something about this does not sit right with me. I feel like he has infiltrated the Disney offices and has given himself a huge position there, and it's kind of scary to think about. But whatever. It's going to happen no matter what I say. Better get on board. <laughs> Jumping from the Star Wars universe, let's head over to the upcoming Creed universe. Creed 3 just dropped a beautiful movie that I absolutely adore. Review for that is out now. Uh, looks like we're going to be doing a couple of big uh, spinoffs, potentially. They're, they're talking about, like, maybe an anime series. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because Michael B. Jordan's going to spearhead all of this. That's kind of cool. They're talking about, like, a spinoff show about their daughter, Am Amara. Is that her name? Amara, I think that's her. She was great. I mean, you see her in that movie. She's learning to kind of like fight and punch above her weight class. So it makes sense that she'd be in there. They're talking about a Drago and Drago Sun spinoff. 
with Florian Montu. So I'm like, yep, do it. Do it. Like, that's a good idea. Because this current crop of movies has turned out to be better than anybody could have expected. If you want to, like, go to Amazon because they own MGM and make a bunch of TV over there, I don't see why not. I'm not opposed to this. This could be, like, an alternative Yellowstone if you did it right, where instead of, like, you know, we're on a ranch cowboy in being, like, political figures here in Montana, it could be. What if we're in L.A., the streets of L.A., it's more like punk rock, grungy kind of attitude, that kind of energy. It's kind of a cool idea. I do appreciate I do appreciate that. Maybe just because I don't like the aesthetic of Yellowstone, so I'm kind of looking for that fix in like a different setting. That's kind of cool. I don't hate that at all. And sticking with Amazon, they were the company that has picked up Batman Caped Crusader. This was an animated show in the works from people that worked on Batman the Animated Series. Matt Reeves was attached to it. Brew Baker and Rucka were attached to it. Abrams was attached to it. Bunch of big old names were attached to this thing. And HBO Max was like, I don't know if we could do that. It's, it, it sounds a little too, like, on the nose for a Batman show. So, like, classic HBO bullshit, Max. They were like, let's just auction it off to somebody and see if they pick it up. And lo and behold, the best animation house currently operating picked it up. Weird to say that Amazon is doing the best for animation, but you look at Netflix, and we'll talk about Netflix more in a minute here when we get to our main topic, but they have slashed a bunch of their animated projects. You don't really get the huge push from Disney on that anymore. It's just straight to streaming movies that nobody really talks about. And then HBO Max just gutted all of their shit. So Amazon just being like, we have Invincible going strong. It got a bigger budget this season. We signed a huge deal with the critical role people to do more Vox Machina. Now we have Batman. You can only imagine more is on the way. Maybe even based on original properties. Maybe this is where animation goes to shine. It's kind of amazing to think about. And aren't they do isn't the witches animated show coming there too? Yeah. Don't be surprised if we get more. It's kind of cool. I do like that. It's kind of interesting that they're gonna be the ones to spearhead this new crop of animated stuff. Kind of cool. Always excited for more Batman. I wouldn't say I'm the most excited for like this Batman compared to other ones, but it does get me more excited than, say, Brave and the Bold, because this could actually look good. Not saying that movie won't look good, but we'll talk about that in the upcoming years, the closer we get to that movie, which will inevitably be released in five years from now. <laughs> uh, movies, 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 movies. Okay, speaking of movies, folks, let's jump into a world of hurt, because Tim Burton has been signed on to potentially direct the sequel to Beetlejuice, baby. That's right, folks. We're we're doing Beetlejuice again. Another Beetlejuice. Beetle two Beetletooth. Beetletooth. Beetlejuicier. Beetle yum. Beetle fuck me. I hate that. I uh the, so much about this upsets me. One, the Tim Burton that made like the original Beetlejuice <laughs> is not the Tim Burton that is making movies today, and he should not be attached to this property. He does not have the comedic chops today to make a sequel to Beetlejuice 2. Is that what Michael Keaton desperately wants to do after getting his Batman money back, is go back and make more money for Beetlejuice? Do kids today 
like Beetlejuice. I asked, I, I know we're like trapped in like this really shitty era where like we can't go past like 80s and 90s nostalgia anymore. We can't like make new properties to be the biggest things in the world. We're like trapped rebooting all this crap. But you cannot honestly tell me that people have been jonesing for a Beetlejuice again. Like it feels like it's it's gone. We're not in that era of, of storytelling anymore. And to top it all off, the It Girl of the Week, Jenna Ortega, is supposedly in talks to play the daughter of Lydia. Is is it Lydia? Look, not a Beetlejuice fan. I do like the character enough. I liked Beetlejuice when I was like in high school and a young man where I'm like, wow, we're we're allowed to make these kind of silly movies at a big budget and people like them. But the more I've grown up, the more I'm like, yeah, this is just pseudo like hot topic before we know what hot topic was that is to just stay in the era it was built in i don't understand like the the need or the want or desire to make another beetlejuice it just feels so stupid and lame and like why would we want this but i guess i'm just out of the loop for what people want today you know if we're up to me every movie would be 65 <laughs> That would be nice. But we have one more piece of news to talk about, kind of following up on a story I talked about before. When we were talking about Velma a few weeks ago, I was like, what happened to the Bedrock show that was coming to HBO Max? Turns out it was through Fox, which is, again, strange because Fox is now owned by the Disney Corporation and ABC, and it, the, the Flintstones exist in like the Hanna-Barbera adjacent universe, which is owned by Warner Brothers, which is owned by HBO Max Discovery. Strange, but we have casting for this uh, show, and let's run down the casting really quick. So Bedrock, uh, we can see here, like, the actual, like, I guess, logline is, catches up with the Flintstones family two decades later with Fred on the brink of retirement and 20-something pebbles embarking on her own career. As the Stone Age gives way to a shiny and enlightened new Bronze Age, the residents of Bedrock will find this evolution harder than a swing from Bam Bam's club. First off... That's a really good pitch for a show. I really like that idea. I'm, I'm a huge Flintstones fan. I have been going back and forth in my life being like, should I start a Flintstones podcast? I have the complete series on DVD. I have all the new comic books. I have every iteration of this family trapped in my mind somewhere. Do I do it? Do I dive into the world and talk about the Flintstones? I might. I love the idea that it's like, hey, kids on their phones today, but the Flintstones are entering the Bronze Age. So much humor ripe for that. It's going to be pretty cool to see. We also have our cast to talk about. So I, I believe she's also like producing the show. Elizabeth Banks coming off of Cocaine Bear will be starring as Pebbles, which makes sense, I suppose. Steven Root will be playing Fred Flintstone. I, I guess. Has he been doing... um? like the voices in like every like adjacent appearance that showed up or have they been using archival footage i know there hasn't been like a straightforward like fred flintstone thing for a while but it feels like it's a character that they'd have like a, a guy on tap to play like fred welker doing like you know the stuff for scooby-doo maybe not amy sedaris doing wilma that makes sense I, I, that voice i can see working for wilma never really thought about it now to where the controversy might like arise of some people. Nicole Byer will be playing Betty. Okay, she is a good voice actress. I do like seeing her work. Joe Lo Tra 
Troglio, Tro, Tro, that guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine that people like, he will be Barney. Okay, is he going to do the Barney voice, though, or just sound like himself? That's going to be really interesting to see. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And then Manny Jacinto, who is from The Good Place, he's going to be Bam Bam. That's really cool. I like that. Now, the thing about that family <laughs> is all of those people are played by actors of different ethnicities. So does that mean we're going to see characters appearing in different ethnicity? I know like um, like some iterations kind of have that Bam Bam's adopted. So maybe that's something we're going to see like implemented into this family. That'd be kind of cool. I'd like that. I'd like that. Look, man, I'm just pumped to see how this goes. You know, it, it could be really fun. It could be kind of slappy, but I don't care. I'm on board for this kind of goofiness. This is all I kind of want from my movies and my television nowadays. If you're going to do like a, like a retelling of these characters, make it something like this. So expect updates on this throughout my channel and all my various social media platforms. I will be talking this forever. Yes. <laughs> It's coming to Fox, which I, I think is kind of cool. If done right, which probably won't be, <laughs> this could be like the next animation domination to come out from Fox. Like we haven't had like a new one that's like stayed for a while, you know? I guess the, the like the Belchers were the last one from Bob's Burgers, but if the Flintstones could find that slot again, it'd be pretty cool. But you have a lot of names here that... They sound like they'd be willing to, like, work on an animated show for a long time, but maybe they'd also want to, like, you know, try other things. But if you're just doing your voice, it's a solid work, you know? Hopefully hopefully this works. I think this could be really fun. But that's all the news we have. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, just to break enough time for you to go use the washroom before we jump into the award show. So, let's do it. All right, everybody, we just had the 95th Annual Academy Awards. The Oscars were last night, and it was pretty exciting because it's all I saw people talking about on, on Twitter, you know? I guess it's because I follow, like, the right people, and nobody was like, let's talk about The Last of Us. <laughs> That's kind of exciting. But I've been watching the Oscars every year, I think, for 13 years now. I've started when I was very young. I'm, I'm 25 I started when I was still, I think, in middle school, and I was like, "This is this is what I want to do with my life is be this guy." Every every year, I'm like, "Do I do I host an Oscar party?" And then I'm like, "Do I know anybody in my personal life that would give a shit about the Oscars?" And then I'm like, "No, I don't." So why do, why do I care? Either way, folks, Oscars were this year, and it was an interesting show to say the least. I think it was very safe. There was a couple slap jokes, which, of course, they were going to make. Kimmel did have a couple of good bits. Like, when he brought out Jenny the Donkey, I thought that was really funny. When he was like, instead of being played off stage, you're going to have, like, a group of people do the not-to-not-to with you, and they're going to usher you off. That's a good joke, Jimmy. That was a good joke. <laughs> I don't know. Just a safe year. No real upsets either. There's a couple of things that won where I'm like, ooh, that kind of that kind of sucks. But I'm not, like, mad at anything except for one, well, two things kind of, there's two awards that I don't like who won, and we'll get into them. But overall, 
No weird speeches. Everybody was fine. They were cutting people off a little prematurely if there was two people. And I just don't understand why ABC doesn't just pay longer because it's their fucking network, right? Just go longer and cut it off later. I don't understand why they do that. I find it so strange. Another, Actually, another strange thing did happen during the show. It was... They showed, an, they showed two advertisements, which was so weird. There's like one that's like, let's have the stars of The Little Mermaid come out and we're going to run an ad for our new Little Mermaid. So I'm like, that's weird. Why would you do that? That's strange. I know it's because ABC and Disney are the same thing, but that does not sit right with me. When they stop the entire show to promote their own thing, not very genuine. The other thing is they did that. But for Warner Brothers to celebrate 100 years of Warner Brothers, but they didn't do 100 years of Disney? Okay, strange that they did that. Don't love it. But it's a thing that happened, and we have to live with that now. So that was a weird thing that happened, but overall, no weird bits. Some people got straight to the point. We weren't messing around. Everything was fine. You know, it was fine. There was no weirdness to it. Some things were kind of lame, but... Overall, smooth show. Everybody looked really good. I don't think there was anybody who was poorly dressed. You could clearly tell who was going to win certain awards just based on audience reaction. And when there were some upsets about it, you're like, wow, that was insanity. But let's get into it. I am on the official Oscars website. They have put every category up for there. Do we want to start off the big ones? And I guess we could start off, like, we'll go in the order that they have them announced. Is this alphabetical? I don't know. We'll just start off the way they have positioned it on their website. We'll go through every category, talk about some things that have at the Oscars about it, what I agree, what I don't agree with. That takes us to actor in a leading role, one of the final awards of the night, which was... I think the the hardest one to pin down, my boys, the two that I was like, I hope they win, were Paul Mescal for After Sun and Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin, just because I like a little bit more of like an introverted performance. I think that's a little more like personal and harder to do than what some of these other people do. The winner was Brendan Fraser, and I'm like, whoa. I think that was the first time in the night where I was like, holy crap. I really thought it was going to be Austin Butler. I really thought it was going to be Austin Butler. But, okay, Brendan Fraser won for a very bad movie. I've talked about The Whale. I don't want to shit on The Whale all the time. This is my first upset because The Whale's a really bad movie, and his performance is not that good in it. It's such, like, a toxic piece of filmmaking with a weird script and such uninteresting characters. I don't like that win, but I do like Fraser, so him winning is okay, but I wish it would have been for whatever his next award-winning movie is going to be. Not this really stupid movie that's really bad and ugly to look at and is terrible. I'm just glad it wasn't a Best Picture nom. Very strange award for him. Very strange. That's going to be, I guess it is technically the movie that brought him back into the public consciousness, but is it, you know, I don't know, strange. I guess whatever his career looks like after this win is going to be more interesting than what it was before it. Don't like that he won. Wish it was Colin Farrell, but I understand Fraser. Okay. Actor in a supporting role. 
this one was pretty unanimous. I don't know anybody who would have said anybody other than Kehu Kwan. Dude deserved this so well. He has been the most interesting actor this award season because that performance kind of like makes the movie. He is so important to it and is so strong in it. He earned that win. I think not that anybody else in this category didn't earn it. Everybody else here gave a great performance. But something about what he did in this movie was really impressive and really cool. And it's a deserved win. His speech was fantastic. You love to see it. He is such a strong, compelling guy, and don't be surprised when his career skyrockets from here. He'll be getting every older gentleman role, which is kind of cool to see. Awesome. Like, that is, like, it's unanimous. He deserved that. He earned it. It's a great performance. Very perfect. And speaking of unanimous actress in a leading role, there was some controversy for this category because Andrea Riceborough for some reason, was nominated because somebody was like, it's the best performance of the year. Ana Diarmas was nominated, even though it's one of the worst performances I've seen in my life. This was kind of like a two-way tie between Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Michelle was the correct choice. Well, I, th I do like Lydia Tarr as a character a lot more. That's such a fascinating character study. I am not as like high into the everything everywhere all at once camp as some people. I don't think it's like a plague to cinema and ruined like, you know, movies forever. I also don't think it's like the perfect film to ever exist. I think it's good. I think it's strong. That being said, Michelle Yeoh deserved to win. That was an incredible performance. She gave a powerful one very cool to see her get this win. Everyone looks so happy when she won. It's one of those things where you're like, okay, when when, when you see Key who's going to win, everyone's going to cry. When Michelle wins, everyone's going to cry. Des a deserving win. A very deserving win. There was a brief second where I'm like, oh man, they're going to give it to Andrea Riceborough just because everyone was like so hot on her performance. But cool that she didn't win. Michelle Yeoh was the correct choice. Now here is an interesting one. Actress in a supporting role. Now, I look at this list, I see two standouts that I wanted to see win. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin and Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think both of those performances are really good. Hong Shou in The Whale is fine. Angela Bassett in Black Panther, the one I expected to win, but instead this is where we gave the career award to Jamie Lee Curtis arguably the least interesting character in that movie and giving the least interesting performance it's the career win it was bound to happen they try to do that once an award show where an older actor who's been in the industry for a long time is going to get their win but i encourage all of you go back and watch when they announce it watch as jamie lee curtis takes the stage you'll notice the only person not clapping is angela bassett because she should have won. She really should have won. I don't think that performance is great. And I don't really like Wakanda Forever as a movie. But she was so propped up to win this thing. Like, it was hers to lose. And then Jamie Lee Curtis swept in and took it. Very weird. Very weird. And then later on in the show, when you have Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors come out on stage. And they're like, sorry, Angela. We, we didn't know that was going to happen. We would have loved to support you. Crazy crazy it's such a crazy win but it was bound to happen <clears throat> i think the very notion that we nominated jamie lee curtis 
is guaranteed her win, right? I think that's a guaranteed win for her. I think solely because, too, like, everyone in the Academy likes her, you know? I think that's it. So, animated feature film. Uh, the clear winner was always going to be Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. It was my favorite movie of 2022. Beautiful film. There was not a nomination on this list that I think is a bad movie. Really stacked category. Would have loved to see Turning Red win and have like the first female director of a Pixar film to win for such a really important film. Would have loved to see The Sea Beast or Puss in Boots or Marcel win, but Pinocchio is such a strong movie. So powerful. Guillermo's speech where he's just like, animation is a form. You know, it's not like a genre. It's a form. It's very cool. Very impressive win. I don't have any real comments on it. Just a good movie and a good win. Cinematography, this was a fun one. So before like reports actually came out for the movie, uh, Roger Deakins did like a weird interview where he's like, like none of the movies nominated are actually like the best cinematography movies. Like the best, the movie for the best cinematography is The Batman, but the Academy is so weird about cinematography that they don't really know what it means and they don't like genre pictures. So Roger Deakins himself, nominated for the worst movie of the year, Empire of Light, is like, these movies are all fine, but it should have gone to the Batman. <laughs> but it went to All Quiet on the Western Front. Sure. I would ask anybody in, like, the Academy what cinematography means and see what they think. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so weird. Now, what else? What I also think is very strange is that there's so many films nominated that didn't win a single award, you know, like Triangle of Sadness didn't win any, The Banshees didn't win any, Tar didn't win any, The Fablemans didn't win any, there was another, what's the other one that didn't win any, like there was Elvis didn't win any, like some of these movies you'd imagine would win like a technical thing or something, they didn't win anything. Costume design. This was like the. I think this is another category where I'm like, you picked the worst choice. Ruth Carter for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Fine costumes. But don't look at the rest of the nominees and tell me that they were worse than Black Panther. Babylon, insane costuming. Elvis, insane costuming. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Have you seen some of those outfits? That's insane. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Would have been a really cool win to see. Pretty cool. I don't know. I feel like Wakanda was the safe bet, you know, where it's like, yeah, okay. They've probably only seen that movie because it's simple to understand. All right. Directing. The directing nominations, again, very male. I would have said, you know, you could put Gina Prince-Bythewood on this list. You could have put Sarah Polly on this list. You could have put Charlotte Wells on this list, and I would have taken off a couple of these guys. But the correct winners won... The Daniels one for Everything Everywhere, that's the right choice. Like, the way that movie is crafted and put together, they are the two men that deserve that win. That was an impressive feat to make, have that work out for them. That's really cool. I'm so glad they won that. Those guys swept this year, and it's earned. And here's, like, I don't want to sound like a shitty person for this, but I think it's really cool, like, that generation did so well this year because that is... Everything Everywhere is like a type of movie that is going to get more younger people to look at your award show because it's so like of the internet and meme and this like, you know, peripheral overload, everything, all at you, everything coming at you all the time is the name of the movie, right? That type of movie is so good for this generation for younger people to be like, oh, 
the Academy is taking notes that these movies that I think are niche and weird are actually worth talking about. Everything Everywhere is the most celebrated film of all time. It's won more awards than any other film in the history of film, which is kind of impressive. But we also have like 100 more award shows than we have ever, so that's kind of cool. But McDonough, Spielberg, Field, and Ausland, good directing performances. I don't think, well, I don't know if this is any of their best work. We'll have to talk about that later. Documentary feature film, Navalny won. Of course it did. Let's fuck fuck Putin for a sec, you know? That's impressive. A lot of good docs this year. Fire of Love is one of them that's going to be getting like an actual like scripted development made for it. Cool stuff. A lot of all that breathes is also on HBO. If anybody wants to check that one out, really good movies. Documentary short film, The Elephant Whisperers. I haven't seen some of these. This is like one of those categories where I am, where I live in the world where it's like, oh, this is going to be hard to see. <laughs> but I think it's important that that one won. Kind of cool. I like it. I do like it. Uh, film editing. An important category that goes untalked about for a long time. Once again, the right film won everything, everywhere, all at once. That that film has some of the best editing of any movie in a long time, I would say, ever. It's so insane how they made that work. I am very impressed with it. Very cool. International feature film. This was a fun category to watch, too, because a lot of interesting movies got nominated. There was The Quiet Girl, which is an interesting movie. EO, which is really fun. EO, I don't know if it's controversial, but you see people love it or hate it. I think it's an okay movie. Close, I have not watched. Argentina 1985, not my favorite movie, but it's pretty good. And you guys know I'm not a fan of All Quiet on the Western Front, which was the winner for this. There are two films that should have been in this category that weren't, and I think they would have both been better. Decision to Leave. An incredible South Korean film should have been nominated and RRR, which we'll talk about in a minute because we had to talk about RRR. Pretty fun. I I do like it. You know, good category. The movie you knew was going to win was going to win. I feel like we're slowly going to reach the point where like the war movie doesn't win every year once new like voters come in. So hair and makeup, this is my big upset. Just listen to the nominations for hair and makeup, okay? All Quiet on the Western Front. A beautiful movie with good costuming. And and this is, I get this one. The makeup for the blood effects, important. The Batman. Insanely good hair. Insanely good makeup. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's fine. Elvis. Elvis should have won this award. That is some insane stuff they are doing with the makeup in that movie. You know what won? The Whale. The Whale. Are you serious? I I have a lot of problems with The Whale, and I've talked about it a bunch on and off screen. This is not a movie that deserves any accolades. It is a, a toxic film with a terrible script and a stupid idea, and don't don't tell me, it should have won for costuming, because the hair is just everyone's natural hairstylings, and then Fraser wearing a, a bald piece, and there's no makeup, it's a fucking fat suit, it's a fat suit, it's not makeup prosthetics, it's costuming, 
if you want to nominate this movie, nominate it for costuming, okay? Not makeup and hairstylings. This should have been an Elvis movie. This That should have won. All Quiet and the Batman also should have been nominated and won. It's weird that we gave it to The Whale because it's such an ugly movie and a terrible prosthetic, and I hate every second of that. Terrible, terrible win. Another upset for me is musical original score. Here's the thing. It was never going to be like the Fablemans or everything everywhere. The Banshees, I guess I wouldn't hate. You'd think it'd be Williams, right? But no, don't give me all quiet for this one. Do not give me all quiet on the Western front for best original score when it's just like a brr, 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 brr. That's stupid. It should have been Voodoo Mama, baby. It should have been Justin Horwitz for Babylon. And yes, I am a stan for Babylon. I have seen that film 10 times since it came out in December. Babylon should have won original score. You don't want to give a picture? Fine. It should have won the score. Are you, you cannot tell me. The Academy had that song, Voodoo Mama, in all of their marketing and then gave it to the brr, brr, brr. Stupid. Absolutely god-awful. Those two, makeup, hairstyling, and music original score, are the worst wins of the night. And here's the best win of the night. Music original song. Guess who beat Rihanna and Lady Gaga and Diane Warren? A couple of guys from India... Not to, not to one. We did it. We did it. Not to, not to one. If RRR is going to win one award, it had to be this one. And I could tell you why. If you're watching the live show and you're looking at every single performance that comes up, Diane Warren was first and people were like, cool, this is a bad song. And then we had, who came up to do like, uh, Stephanie Sue came up to sing This Is A Life. And you're like, cool. And then not to, not to came up. And the crowd was applauding. It was a vibrant dance number. We did all of the choreography from the movie on stage. Everyone was singing their heart out, having the best time of their life. And the crowd applauded. Everyone was out of their seats. More so than when Lady Gaga and Rihanna were doing it. Can you imagine being Lady Gaga and Rihanna knowing this could be your year again to win something and losing to Natu Natu? That is so cool. I love that everyone was just, this is it. We know one thing for sure that this song fucking rips. It's a beautiful piece of music. We're all going to dance our asses off. It gets stuck in your head all day. Go to YouTube, watch the performance, watch it from the movie, Not To Not To Rocks. This is such a good win. Such a good win. It is such a worthy win. That's amazing. It may never happen again. You know, it's going to go to the next laziest whatever, whenever we do the next award show. But Not To Not To sweeping in, under the rug, beautiful performance. People are dancing and bopping all across the aisles. That's awesome. We will never do it again. <laughs> oh, such a good perform. Oh, amazing. That was when I think everyone was like, we know we know what we're doing here, right? Like, this is epic. Such a shame we didn't get RRR nominated for Best International Film or even Best Picture. 
because that's the next category we have. And look, there's a couple movies on here I don't think deserve to be in the best picture category. Triangle of Sadness, I like. It doesn't deserve it. I don't think The Fablemans or Elvis should be in consideration. And I am not a fan of All Quiet on the Waterfront. But Everything Everywhere won Best Picture. Perfect, perfect win. It deserved that win. That is a really cool... That's one of the best, best picture wins ever announced. That's such a cool pick. I don't think I need to talk about it anymore. Such a cool win. Such a cool pick. Production design goes to All Quiet. Not a surprise. Amazing Everything Everywhere wasn't even nominated for this one. Would I have liked to see Babylon or Elvis win this award? Kind of, but All Quiet, again, you have to give it to the war flick, right? Short film animated. Interesting category. I liked this one because they had... Was this the one of Pedro Pascal? And who was he on stage with? I can't remember who he was on stage with, but... It's like, we're not going to make jokes. Let's just talk about stuff. You know, let's get out of here. Elizabeth Olsen, that's who he was on stage with. They came out. They're like, we're the internet's mommy and daddy. Let's not make jokes. Let's just come out and, and get these movies talked about. So the boy, the mold, the fox and the horse won. Those two directors were really sweet. I liked seeing them. Really cool. A lot of these are good movies. You know, I love an ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe it. That's really funny. Really cool. My Year of Dicks, a great title. <laughs> a lot of good movies there. But yeah, The Boy, the Mole, Fox, and the Horse. Yeah, of course. Short film live action. Had a huge fun time with this category. One of my favorite one of my favorite things we have seen happen on the Oscar stage in a long time. These boys came out. They won for an Irish goodbye. I just know they're going to be getting a live action feature soon, and that's going to be really cool to see. And their friend was celebrating his birthday, and their friend, uh, I, I believe, was it Down Syndrome or something like that? They had the entire auditorium sing him happy birthday. Instead of giving a huge speech, they're like, this is great. Like, it's cool we won, but it's the second biggest thing of the night because it's our buddy's birthday. And they all sang to him, and it's a sweet moment. A very sweet moment, and I hope those guys get a lot more work. Sound went to Top Gun Maverick, which was surprising because I would have imagined it would have went to All Quiet. But yeah, I mean, if this is going to be the only award Top Gun wins, I guess it makes sense. You know, Top Gun, a good movie. The sound on that is really impressive. Interesting. No, no real comments on it. it. It makes sense. It makes sense. Visual effects went to, da 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 of course, Avatar The Way of Water. If anything else won, that's a lie. It's a lie. It, it it had to be Avatar for visual effects. What else are we doing if it wasn't Avatar? You know, All Quiet, the Batman, Black Panther, Top Gun? No, it's Avatar. That's the best looking movie ever made in the history of cinema. One of the highest grossing films ever made in the history of cinema. That is a deserving win. Beautiful. No other movie is ever going to look like that in the history of film. It's pretty cool that next year it's going to go to Dune, and then it's going to be going to Avatar again. And then let's see. Okay, so the 2024 award is going to go to Dune. 2025 is going to go to Avatar. In 2026, who do we think is going to win? Let's predict it now. The visual effects winner for 2026. We don't have a lot of big movies announced for then. I'm going to say it's going to be between The Batman Part 2, Superman Legacy, uh, they might, 
I, I don't know if they're going to nominate Avengers Kang Dynasty. I'm not going to throw it in yet. So in 2025, do we have any, any other big movies announced? How to Train Your Dragon, the live action one. I think those are the th those are three. I'm going to assume will be nominated. Batman the part Batman the part two. Batman the part two. That's not how you say that. Superman Legacy and How to Train Your Dragon. Those are the three I think are, are going to be nominated for sure that year. There's going to be some surprise ones we don't know. Here we go. My favorite category, which is the original and adapted screenplay. Adapted screenplay. I've been championing this screenplay win since it was announced. Sarah Polly, baby. She won for Women Talking. A fantastic, powerful, poignant screenplay. I loved Women Talking, a fantastic movie, a strong outing, Sarah Polly delivering a strong script, so cool, a deserved win. I would have been fine with a couple other of these people winning. I would have liked any of them to win, but all quiet, but yeah, Sarah Polly, that was hers to lose. Hers to lose! And for original screenplay, again, a sweep from everything everywhere. The Daniels won. So cool that those guys got to rush the stage three times tonight. That is going to get them everything they've ever wanted in this career. That is so cool. Yeah, because I think for original screenplay, that is a very impressive one. You know, I like Banshees. I like Fableman's Tar and Triangle. All good scripts. All interesting. Tar would have been an interesting one to see win. I think Tar should have walked away with at least one award. if Because they got Best Picture and Directing, I was expecting screenplay to go to either Spielberg and Kushner or Todd Field. But no, I mean, if they're going to sweep everything, they're going to sweep everything. I think that's really cool. I love seeing that. I think it's very impressive. And those are all the categories. Again, we do not have a category for stunt performance or choreography in that aspect, which I do think is necessary. I know some people are like, do, should we do one for casting agents? And I'm like, that would be interesting to see. I don't know how you would do that, though. But I still, I don't know. Nothing really upsets me here. The only ones that really upset me are Babylon losing score and the the whale winning hair and makeup. That pisses me off. And Fraser's speech was so bizarre because he was talking in like whale metaphors the whole time. Which I'm like, who is this for, buddy? What are you doing? Is this for us or like your kids or something? Very strange. But not a lot of bad stuff happened. Everything Everywhere was the obvious front runner. So that one and that was impressive. I don't think there's anything bad that happened at this stage. It all worked for me. It all worked for me. I was very impressed. Best dressed, I'm going to give a couple of shout outs to Carrie Condon wearing a beautiful yellow dress. I like seeing Stephanie Hsu, what she was wearing. That looked really good. Kate Blanchett looked fantastic. The suit that The Rock was wearing was pretty interesting, but it looked really bad on him, if that makes sense. A lot of beautiful people. Really fun. Questlove looked, ooh, Questlove looked really good. Very fun. And I like that Colin Farrell brought his son. All interesting stuff. So, the Academy Awards, the 95th Annual Academy Awards. I think it was, overall, I'd give it a 7 out of 10 for, like, uh, an actual, like, experience. And that's higher than I'd give a lot of shows. <laughs> so that's that's good. That's pretty good. I got to say, not bad, guys. You, you managed to stick the landing. And with that, we're going to step away from this episode of The Geek Wave. Now, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. As always, you can check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and Hive. And I will catch you in the next one. See you at the movies, folks. Have fun. Stay safe. Good luck.